Coming about Born Guys Talking Sports, we are back and we have a lot to talk about. Got the NBA trades that happened today, so we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers trade of James Harden and Ben Simmons, how that will affect both teams and what other teams out there um, won and lost in this NBA trade deadline. We're also going to give our picks on the Super Bowl that's coming up this weekend and give our thoughts on some of the other stuff that's happened in the sports world today. So my co-host, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross, join me, our quarrels on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. everybody again we are back welcome to guys talking sports this is a new year um, appreciate all the love and support i know you guys been asking about us and yes we are definitely back and we are live and we got a lot to talk about we appreciate all the love and support out there we appreciate everyone um sending their prayers and thoughts and condolences as well for all the things that happened um, but we appreciate it. But we're going to get started. We got a lot to talk about, a whole lot to talk about. And I'm just glad that we are back. I got my co-host back with me, nice and smooth. So what's going on, fellas? Great to see your faces. Great to have y'all back. How you guys been doing? Good. Got tired of load managing. So now that I'm back, I'm ready to go. I'm just happy to see y'all faces again, man. You know, being down here in Maryland. Don't get to see y'all all the time. So I was just happy to be back and happy to talk some major stuff about sports. <laughs> yeah, we and we do have a lot to talk about. We have so much to talk about. We got the Super Bowl that's coming up. But more importantly, we have basketball trades that happened today. Um, I guess the biggest news, of course, is, of course, you see me with the Brooklyn shirt on. But, of course, James Harden and Paul Millsap going to Philadelphia 76ers for um, Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, um, Seth Curry, and two first-round picks um, is the biggest deal uh, by far today. Um, I'm, I know there was all these other trades that's going on, and you know we saw a lot of moves that happened. Um, but overall, what did you thought about the trades and how things are shaped up now? And this could be a real round, but it doesn't have to be just with the Brooklyn deal. It could be all the other talk, all, all the other deals that were made as well. I, I'm gonna go with the Brooklyn deal because, like, like he, he pointed out earlier today, he was like, I thought that the 76ers were trying to get first round draft picks and not get off, the, you know, pick, come off a of first round draft pick. So, what ultimately happened where they turned around and gave up all their capital? And Brooklyn came off like with a like a fat rat, getting all this good uh, good capital coming back to them. Yeah, I mean, it to me, it, the Nets got I think the better of it long term. I mean, you got a shooter in um, Seth Curry. Um, you did get Andre Drummond. You got two first round picks, um, but. What the Sixers wanted from for Ben Simmons initially is what I knew they was not going to get. I mean, they was they were sniffing around for the first two draft round picks from Golden State. They said no. A couple other people were sniffing around. They wanted draft picks and, and a star of equal value. Everybody was saying no. And then they wound up sending two first round picks with um Ben Simmons. So 
for me, the Sixers, I'm sure I haven't listened to the radio today since this went down, but I know they're going to be thrilled to get Ben Simmons out of Dodge. Right now for the Sixers, it's win now. They got a window of two years. And right now, Embiid is playing out of his mind. How long is that going to last? I don't know. To me, both Embiid and Harden always seem to fall flat <laughs> in the playoffs when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. But Daryl Morey got his guy and gave up a lot. Um, but what you lose in shooting with Steph Curry, I think Harden is, is more than capable of making up making up for that for his scoring. So, but like I said, for right now, the Sixers, they got to go all in right now. The Nets, their chances of going of winning the finals, I mean, winning it all decreased. But, I mean, they might be set up a little bit better long-term with the Sixers. They're in a, a win-now window of the next two years. And the Brooklyn Nets fan is quiet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not quiet. I was, I was waiting for everybody to respond before. I uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess in my situation, well, not my situation, but this is my observing all this is, uh, hmm. Earl's, you know, Earl said it all, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the Sixers have, is this right now? And Milwaukee turned around and got better with the trade that they got with Serge Ibaka, you know what I'm saying? And- Cause they don't, don't have PJ Tucker anymore, do they? Nah, he went to Miami. Ah, so he, he should be able to- Serve that role. Serve that, not the same skill set, but yeah, serve that role, mm-hmm. you know, nicely. Nice enforcer, rebounder, don't have to worry about scoring too much, but just set that tone, you know what I'm saying? and. It's just the East really fortified itself as just being some some studs going down the stretch and going into the playoffs, you know. And I guess not to switch gears, but this understanding that the two big markets on the East and the West, New York and LA, pretty much stood, stood pat and didn't do anything. And I'm not crying the river if LeBron and, and LA don't make another playoffs, you know. Uh, but I will say that, yes, we understood that Westbrook couldn't shoot whatever. And, you know, he is what he is. He gives you high energy, gives you high points. He'll, he'll give you 30 some points, but he needs to shoot 20 or 30 shots a game and he isn't getting his volume shooting so it looks a lot worse than what it is on, you know, on the surface because he isn't getting, the, you know, everything that he needs. So, uh, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. This is this was a wonderful day, all these beautiful trades, and I can't say who came out with winners and losers, losers, but uh, it's just a just a damn good day. <laughs> I know who I really feel bad for, CJ McCollum. <laughs> well, hold up. Okay, and I know Al, you haven't said anything yet, but do you still think that you still think that Zion is playing a fool so he can get to New York, or now he has additional help? You think he'll try to get back and try to do something? I think that he's gonna to be honest. I think that he's going to. I wouldn't be surprised both ways. I mean, he this gives him an opportunity to stay. 
um, because now you have a, a dynamic scorer in CJ McCollum. Um, but I still don't, I still think that at the end of the day, Zion to New York is almost seems like an inevitable at this stage, especially with the way things are setting up to be with Cam there. Um, even though they tried to, there was talk that they was going to trade Cam um, before the trade deadline, but obviously that didn't happen. So the question is, is that you need to keep, if you keep both of them, Cam Bradish and RJ Barrett, of course, has established himself to be a star. I don't see how, I don't see why Zion doesn't at least look at trying to be in New York. Um, the only problem I have with that is, is will New York be okay with that, knowing that they want Obi Toppin to play? Because they want, they definitely, I mean, New York fans, from what I've been hearing, they want Obi Toppin. They don't even want Julius Randle to be playing at all. They prefer Obi Toppin. That's why they wanted something to happen as far as the trade for Randle was concerned. Um, because they want to be topping to start getting more minutes, but something's going to have to give eventually. Um, I will. I mean, just curious to see about that. Um, I know you was asking about the the Lakers and Nets. I mean, Lakers and um, the Knicks. Um, I was real shocked that the Lakers didn't do at least or make an attempt. Um, and the only attempt I heard was Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a pick or something like that. Um, mm-hmm which I don't understand why um, a pick was even involved. That could have been a, a wall for Russ straight up trade. Right, uh, And right. that would have probably worked. Um, Houston probably would have took that. So I think that going forward, I think that the Lakers are just waiting for the buyout to happen, which um, for somebody, anybody. Um, that's why they're waiting. They're watching the buyout um, now because there are a couple of people, teams are buying, you know, for the most part, looks like he froze amid amid thought. However, um, <laughs> oh, you lost me. Can you hear me? Foot in the door, one foot out the door. I think the CJ McCullen trade doesn't do much. Doesn't change his mind one way or another. Um, I think he probably would like to go to New York. Um, the Pelicans aren't going to just give him to New York. Yeah. Yeah, this is year two. This is year number two for Zion. That's three, right? Or two. I believe it's three. It's three. Year three? Yeah, he yeah. wasn't a he he wasn't a rookie last year. He was the rookie the year before last. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So he'll be coming up on an option to um in year four when they can he can be uh, I think year four, year five, he can be eligible for a long term extension, but and either way, I think the Pelicans don't want to give them up. And depending on the Knicks, you know, they can wait. But what are you going to have to give to get? <laughs> right. But if I'm the Knicks, I don't know. That knee of his and his weight is some issues. I mean, he hasn't made any attempt to look like he's trying to trying to get better. It's very questionable. I don't know why the Pelicans just don't say he's done. He's done. He can't come back this year or is not ready to come back this year. They're going to just wait it out, wait it out, wait out to the very last minute. But if I'm the Knicks, I'll be very hesitant <laughs> about Zion Williams and, and getting them. That has Allen Houston written all over it. <laughs> Damn, he's going to go back to Allen Houston. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's a really good reference. Oh, that's a really good, good reference. reference. Right. I mean, when you think 
think of it. And that's why I said, like, they really need to look and see. To be honest, that's why I thought it was a sense of urgency for them to get to do something with Julius Randle if they wasn't planning on keeping him and if they wanted to see what Obi Toppin um, can do. If that was the case, then this would have been a perfect opportunity to see what Obi can do. And then by the time the contract was up with Zion, um, it must be me. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you muffled, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me. Oh, I see why. Oh, that's much go. better. Yeah. Is that much better? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So my fault. So the problem was, I guess, because my internet connection. Um, real quick. So what it was was that um, I thought that the Knicks had every opportunity to basically try to do something now with Julius Randle to see what they can have in Obi Toppin, so that by the time Zion Williamson is available, then they will know whether or not they will bring him aboard, or if Obi Toppin was someone that they would keep going forward. Um, but they didn't do that, so. Um, I don't think they was thinking long term. I think in that they they was thinking at this stage, what can we do now? What offers are there available for us to be better now? And truth be told, I don't think they had any offers at that stage. Not to say that they didn't, they was looking to more sell than buy to see what was out there in the market for them. And truth be told, I really thought that it was looking at Jalen Brunson from Dallas, um, especially with everything that went down with their trades. Um, but Ooh, KP even, going. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even they didn't even look at that stage. So or Dallas wasn't interested. I don't know what the case was, but they still need a point guard. The Knicks ain't gonna be in a position where they need to be until they get a point guard, bottom line. Hold up, hold up. So you're saying that the Knicks don't have a point guard? They got Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is injured. Hold up, hold up. They got Deuce McBride sitting in the G League. Tearing it up. Tearing it up. And everybody's been talking about that too, but they won't pull the trigger to bring him aboard. He tore it up when he was when he had his opportunity to play. Yes. And again, the Knicks didn't bring up the opportunity and give it. <laughs> See, the thing was, like Emmanuel quickly was supposed to be taking that next step. To be honest, all of them, um, their young team was supposed to be taking that next step. And instead, they either stayed on the same level or regressed back. So that's one of the reasons why the Knicks are at the level where they were last year, um, because they were so banking on the team, the young squad taking that next level, getting to that next level. And the only person that's done it so far is R.J. Barrett. Mm. I mean, get the youngster a shot. I mean, what, what, how bad could uh, McBride do? And, they, and that's the whole thing, because Right now, who else are you going to use? And the problem is, is that they're not looking to give the youngsters. Tom Thibodeau is not that dude to give young the generation the time to do things. So, which means eventually Tom Thibodeau will be shown the door, and like he's been shown the door <laughs> a lot of other places. But they'd be stupid to do that shit. My bad. They'd be stupid the, to do that. This is the Knicks. Who you talking about? They will. <laughs> I, you can you can book that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, it doesn't look good. <laughs> I mean, at this stage, and they need to figure it out quick. Definitely need to figure it out. Mm. Oh well. So, 
Damn. I mean, okay, so we talked Philly. We talked Brooklyn. We talked Knicks. Yeah. I guess I guess I should be reminiscent if I didn't talk about Brooklyn real quick. Um, to give my thoughts. I'm not gonna on go what? on a rant. Not on, on what? I said I, I I wouldn't be I have to give my thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets. Oh huh. not gonna go on a rant. Nah, I'm at peace at this stage. So um <laughs> that was the old old me. Um, I'm not saying I haven't changed <laughs> like I changed. Now, nah, um, real quick though, I I really thought that the the situation, everything, um I kind of felt bad for how everything was unraveled. Um, the people that I really felt bad now, after all seeing everything going down. Is Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, who is dominating, doing their thing in Cleveland now. Um, I thought overall, and I said this plenty of times, and I'm not going to be the dead horse in the mouth. I said, you know, Katie, same thing I said when Kenny Atkinson got fired. I said, look, it's time to show and prove. Do what you need to do, win a championship. If you do that, then there's nothing to worry about. If you don't win a championship, it's going to be a big problem um, for next fans because your window of opportunity is closed. Fortunately, we have KD um, signed an extension, which was great. Um, this whole situation with James Harden and Kyrie um, being the way that they were, it, it, I thought that winning with the big three and them playing together would overcome all the other problems and issues that they had. Um, but let's be honest. Bringing in James Harden, making it this year's, I mean, this version of the big three was quite frankly an epic failure because they only played 16 games throughout the whole time that they were together. All three of them was on the same court at the same time. And I believe that was an epic failure because the record of 13 and three, just on the 16 games alone that they played all together is what could have been. And we will never get to see that opportunity, which is unfortunate. Now, the whole thing with James Harden, I'm going to be as nice as I can about this. You can't worry. Quite frankly, to be honest, everybody was calling. Like, this, what, doing what you did just now solidifies the fact that you don't have the patience to be patient. Or you don't, you don't, you want everything, when everything is going wrong, you don't want to put your trust in basically the team that you have. And you came over being that, you know, you wanted to come to Brooklyn, you wanted to play with Kyrie, you wanted to play with KD. For whatever reason, the situation was you guys are not playing together, at least right now. The question I have is, is that how are you going to complain about not the, the things that wasn't set up for you to be at a position right now when Kyrie, of course, playing part-time for his own reasons. Eh, I get that. But KD is out for a, a legit injury for over, you know, for the past couple of games. And you complain now about what the issue is, where the Nets are, losing nine straight games. If you're not in it for the long haul, then you are never going to be successful. You got to be in a position where you have to play your way out of situations in the actual team that you're in. And quite frankly, you kind of did what you, what you did is kind of, for the most part, was a bad move because now players are going to look at you as a person that 
don't want to stay and you gotta be in your feelings. Now, of course, I know this is Darren Mori and you guys are buddy buddy. The owner you're buddy buddy with, so it was bound to happen. Not going to knock that, but how you went about it was wrong. And that's what a lot of Nets fans, a lot of people in general, see is looking at you now. So I say this because I'm not gonna w- wish ill will. I hope you and Joel do your thing in Philadelphia. I'll root for Philadelphia to do their thing. Um, but you also have to understand that if this doesn't work out with you and Joel, then that's a big, big problem, not on Joel's part, not mm-hmm. on F- Philly's part, it's on you. And quite frankly, you had a better opportunity to win a championship with KD and Kyrie than you did with Joel and B at least to some extent. Now we'll see, maybe you guys mesh together and you guys win the championship. We will see that. But I will say this, Joel Embiid is an injury prone person. You right now have a hamstring problem, which probably will be miraculously fixed in about another week's time. (laughs) I say this because, (laughs) I say this because quite frankly, I think that what, how this went about was is iffy at best, if not more improperly done, um, morally improperly done. And I think that overall, I think that what you reap is what you get. So if you go and do, now that you're there, you need to show and prove because if you guys don't win, if you don't make the playoffs or whatever the case may be, if you don't win a title, if you're not even in Eastern Conference Finals at this point, then it will be an epic failure because now, not only is that the case, Quite frankly, Daryl Morey is going to ha- and the owners is going to have to pay you because, quite frankly, I know you're going to sign an extension in the next two years where you're going to be worth at least fifty or sixty million dollars for that year. Oh yeah, he already he already said he's going to he's going to he's going to re up. And your window of opportunity, like you said, smooth is two years tops, and that's why I say as I, I was upset because of how the situation just went down because. For every account, Brooklyn was like, yo, we, we want you to stay. We're committed to you. But from all this, the hamstring injuries, the reports of everything coming out that you wasn't happy, and then come to find out that you definitely wanted to be traded, it was a slap in the face. So I can't be mad at how, I mean, of you going, but how it was portrayed, that's what people are salty about. And right, quite frankly, now Nets fans is like, look, what we got in return, we can definitely work with. We'll build a future um, because now we have a younger all-star. We have a, not only a younger all-star, we have one of the best defensive players there. And quite frankly, I know he has his issues as well with a lot of stuff that's going on, but you know, it is what it is. It's like a give and take. We get Seth Curry back. We get Andre Drummond back. We get two first-round picks that we lost when we traded um, Harris LeVert and Jared Allen to get you in to begin with. So we recoup some of that. So Brooklyn is in a better position. I'm not, and that's why I say I'm at peace with what happened because Brooklyn is in a better position for the long haul. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not focusing, you know, when they, when everybody comes together, we'll see how that works out. But I think that overall, I think that, and I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not going to harp on this too long, but I think overall, I think people have to be careful of how they do things going forward because you can't be in your feelings 
it shows your character when you're not happy in a particular position that you're in and then how you work your way out of it. You And this is two years in a row now that you've done this because you've right. done it with Houston. Now you've done it with Brooklyn. And you've been with Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook. You've been with um, KD, Kyrie. Now you with Dwight Howard. I mean, Dwight Howard. You with Joel Embiid. So all these stars that you you that's line teaming up with you, you have to do something. And if you don't do anything at this point, it's going to show look bad on your legacy. You could be a Hall of Famer, but there's going to be some doubts about some of the things that you are as far as your character. Um, as far as doing the things that is necessary to win. And you I'm complain a, about everybody else on the team on the Brooklyn Nets saying that they're not um, doing playing hard enough, but it seems like you're the person that is not doing anything um, to, to, to alleviate that. So I'm going to push a little bit back and give, uh, yeah, Harden got, got his, he did the same thing in Houston, get out that he's doing with the Nets to get out. I'll give him a little, I'll give him a slight bit of slack because I think, I think when the wheels started coming off is when the Nets rolled back and allowed Kyrie Irving to play part-time. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when you look at it, when I look at it, when they were going into the playoffs, they were rolling. When they had all three, they were rolling. Mm-hmm. And the injury bug got 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 Harden, got Kyrie. Harden tried to come back. He was on one leg out there. I'll give him a whole, I'll give him props for that. Mm-hmm. And um, if it wasn't for a, uh, uh, what a, a millimeter of KD's toe, they probably they would have been in the um the finals. And who knows what would have happened then? And then Kyrie decides that he doesn't want to get the vaccine. He we all know the story about that. I think what started the sour and milk from him was, and I think the whole team was when they they brought back Kyrie for part-time. And um I don't know for sure. I'm not up in Brooklyn, but I, I I do believe that did not go well with a lot of folks there. Now everybody's smiling, saying the right things. I I don't think it went completely well with everybody. They needed them because they weren't winning, but it, the same kind of favoritism they were showing Kyrie was the same kind of favoritism you were getting in Houston. And then when Daryl Moore and everybody left and you got new management, then you wanted to get your butt out of Dodge because no one's kissing you behind. So then you go to the Nets. Everything is all good. Everybody's happy when you're winning, but when you're losing and have issues, then everybody's pissed off. And so now he, like you said, he got his way, and you know, God bless him. But I'll give him a little. I'll give him that slack that that bringing Kyrie back really, I think, turned the corner and caused the season to go. I'm all right. So I'm gonna explain to you about that since we're on that topic. Um, first of all, well, I put it like this. No, I, I, I'm not surprised. I, I already said that. I called that too because I, the him and Kyrie was never a match. Like there was always going to be all that because the, the actually the one person in common factor was KD because that relationship with KD and Kyrie and um. James Harden is a little bit different than the relationship with Kyrie and KD. KD is the middle factor in the office. And truth be told, this is as much as everybody, you know, this is KD's team. So, like, I thought that number one, KD should have, Kyrie coming back was not just, you know, the next ownership. KD requested that. He wanted that. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like, look, we need him, even if it's part-time. 
I wouldn't be surprised if KD requested that. Um, so, and then in doing that, that may have ruffled feathers with James Harden. I get that. That's And you're right. I'm not going to knock James Harden for what he did. And if it's because of it, I can't knock that. The problem was during that time that when Kyrie was out, there was actually protests going on at the Barclays Center for allowing Kyrie to come back and play because of the New York mandate. So they was actually wanting Kyrie to come back. Majority of people um, wanting Kyrie to come back. So it was, it, it got to that point. Um, and of course, with the losing and, you know, like it wasn't, they were still like one of the best teams, but they, it was something was missing. And truth be told, I think that's when KD was like, what made a recommendation about having Kyrie to play part-time. I think that's really what the boils down to. Just aside was like, yeah, I think, you know, right now I'm trying to build, win a championship and we need the best players on, on the board, even if it is part-time. So I think that's what made that change. Um, and to be told, James Harden, could have, that could have been the cause of it. I, we don't know. Um, and I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I think overall, the thing is, is that it, the whole thing is really, James, it's really KD. KD is the catalyst of this team. No matter what happens, he has to be on board. He has to be okay with everything. And that's why I think one of the reasons why with Steve Nash, he was like, yo, you know, Ky I mean, James Harden is not being traded. James Harden will not be traded because KD was like, yo, we don't want him to go. Like, we, we need him. Like, this will work for us. But James Harden was already one foot out the door. So once that was made known and James made it known that he ain't trying to stay, that's when KD was like, all right, let's, let's pull the deer. Let's, you know, so let's work this out. So if you don't want to be here, we don't want, you know, and he said that literally, like we want people that are committed to being here. We don't want people that are not, that has one foot in and one foot out. We want people that stay here, be committed here. And that's what KD said, even after the trip. So I think so, that, uh -huh. No, I, I, I'm just curious that the trade is done. Mm -hmm. How is Simmons going to fit into what, where is he? He's not going to be the one, obviously. He may be the one when uh, when Kyrie, you know, when Kyrie's not playing. But when Kyrie is playing, KD is the three slash four, you know, with, you know, depending on rotation. And Ben is probably more suited for a four and a one. Mm -hmm. If you had to sit there and say that you got Kyrie, you got uh, Simmons, and you got KD starting. What is your? Wh where are they starting? How do you see this rotation working? Here's a here's a lineup. It's going to be Kyrie at the one. It's going to be a choice between Patty Mills or Seth Curry at the two when they get when they come here. Mm -hmm. You're going to have KD at the three, then Simmons at the four, and I, most likely Andre Drummond at the five. So you're going to have a dynamic. Um, you could do it a multiple of ways. To be honest, they could go small ball, put KD or um, Ben Simmons at the five, KD at the four. They still got Kessler L, um, Edwards at the three. They can and you switch between Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, and Seth Curry. So there's a, a, a there's a litany of, of 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 lineups that can be changed. And truth be told, the way like Cam Thomas is playing, the way that you know certain people who are on the Nets are playing. They can do a lot of rotating of lineups and make it easier where it could be strictly defensive or we need offense. So they can play around. The thing about it is, is that 
they now have pieces that they can play around with. And what makes it more, I, more even ideal is because Ben Simmons is not a person that hogs the ball or stops the ball or dribbles the ball out because we already have, you know, quote unquote Kyrie to do that. We usually had James Harden to do it, but now we Ben Simmons will run the ball if he was a primary a primary ball facility. So there's ways to make it more optimal for the team. And to be honest, that's why I said to be honest, this is still a win for the Nets because it brings the dynamic of the fast break for them. Also uh, allows an elite defensive player to come and play defense. Still got shooters. You get a big man that they needed, still needs because losing DeAndre Jordan and LaMarcus Aldridge being injured, it throws everything out of the loop because they can't rebound. Andre Drummond comes in and can get 20 rebounds himself if he really wants to. So I think overall, this is going to help them. Um, But I will, like I said, I say this, I think that it needed to happen for both sides because they both needed a fresh start. Still, he needed to get out of that Ben Simmons era and Brooklyn had to get out of the James Harden era. So we'll see how this plays out going forward. Yeah, and the last thing I'm going to say is I'd be curious to see how long it's going to take Ben Simmons to get his, you know, to get his legs right and get acclimated. You know, I don't know what he's been doing um, since then. Maybe he's been shooting at some gym somewhere, but it's going to be curious to see how long it's going to take for all three of them to, uh, you know, you know, you know, get on the same page and play together. Probably, I would probably say sometime after the All-Star break. Yeah, and I did say this on Twitter. I, I said that, um, It'd be it'll be so funny if Vincent and start coming around and just start shooting threes and jumpers. That and would. and, and start but, but he was doing that and he was no what I'm saying on a cause like like start shooting jumpers on a regular basis, not just one or two jumpers. I'm talking about just consistently. He becomes like a jump shot, like like a like a like a Joe Harris type. Just start shooting oh, threes okay. and making it. So I I said this because there's a lot of unknown to it, but if he if he does bring that jumper and it comes out and he starts smoke shooting jumpers on a regular basis, it's gonna be a problem, a serious problem. But I digress. We talk more. We could talk about Brooklyn and, and Philly, you know, straight up, you know. Um, real quick, I thought that I agree with you about the Bucks. I thought the the Sergio Baca deal was was huge. Uh, mm-hmm. So Brooklyn Lopez don't come back. Now they have a, a service, serviceable big. I thought that was huge. I'm surprised you're still in the league. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you're a big man, you can. Be, if you if you're a big man, you can play some defense and get rebounds. You always gonna you always gonna have some work. Look at look at him, Dwight Howard. <laughs> but one person I feel sorry for throughout all of this though is Dane. Oh wow. I, I really feel sorry for Dane. Um, so, do you do you think he's going to stay in Portland? No, I, no, oh no, oh, no, no. I I can't so see you, it. So, you think this is his last season in Portland? In Portland? Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if he doesn't go. I mean, well, now that the trade deadline is over, I would not be surprised if he's not moved this off season. Yeah, he's going to be moved off this off season for a, a trade. I think they're in. They're in rebuild mode or whatever they're doing right now so i mean you got rid of cj mccullum you move some other parts prior to that let the man go you can still get some assets back from him whether it's some players and some picks so i would say at this particular point 
find a trade partner. There will be people that will inquire about his services. Oh, he already has a destination. L.A. <laughs> yeah, he already has that destination. He wants to go to L.A., right? Yeah. Like the Lakers? Already, yeah, he already, reached out to, he already reached out to James. He already reached him out. Yo, real quick, I'm sorry. <laughs> Before we get to that, but, I mean, we'll get, jump back in there, but did y'all see the All-Star selection? I, I did not. Huh? I saw the trail I, end. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> Bleacher Report is our friend. <laughs> yeah, Bleacher Report. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wasn't paying attention to that. I saw Bleacher Report. Right. That is the most comical thing. So, I'm real quick. But at the end, came down to two players. Um, because KD and um, LeBron was picking their all-star um, team. Came down to two players left. Rudy Gobert and James Harden. KD. Well, you know, I need a big, um, someone that can help the defense, you know, while we're playing. So I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. Yo, that whole time, LeBron James had the clipboard. He had to hide his face. Because <laughs> he was trying to force KD to pick James Harden. KD would not do it. Oof. So, like, the boy, like, the TNT guys, they was all playing, you know, like, playing along with it. So, um, like, as soon as KD was like, yo, I think, I, you know, I'm going to go for a big because I think we need defense. Yo, LeBron just bust out laughing. Like, just bust out. So, the fellas was like, yeah, you know, you need a big, you know, you know, playing along with it. So, <laughs> um, so KD was very serious. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to pick Rudy Gobert. And um, the people was like, yeah, I know you get it. You know, if you, you got to see the clip. It was like the whole thing was awkward because they was like, yo, LeBron James was trying to force KD to pick James Harden to be an all-star on his all-star team. And KD was not having it at all. Wow. <laughs> he was not having it at all. And I, that's why, and you know what, real quick about it, because I said, I said, all this talk about the James Harden and Ben Simmons, I said, nothing is not going to happen until unless KD signs off on it. So at first, I th and KD was like, nah, yo, I want to keep James. But then when he, again, when he found out about James wanting to go, he was like, didn't go. Like, ain't like, you know, I'll sign off on that. Yeah, I think it was that. I think it was that Charlotte game where he basically just said, "I really ain't playing to score four points." I think the writing was on the walls. Then I think they was just like, "No, you but gotta... you know what? They was going to give him the benefit of the doubt with that game." Right? They, really? They, they <laughs> was going to give him the benefit of the doubt with that game. They was like, "Look, if the trade line dead, if the trade, if the trade line dead, I mean, if the if the trade deadline passed, then there would be no excuses because now the focus would be on you finishing out on your career, but." With all the hamstring, I'm not playing, you know, I'm injured, blah, 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 blah. All that was going into play. And they were still saying, like, Wednesday, they was like, yo, we're still trying to keep you. Like, we really want to keep you aboard. But he was already, like, by that time, James was like, yo, I want to go to Philly. So when he publicly said that, and he was like, I want to go to Philly, I want to let it be known, but I don't want people to think that because of what I did with Houston, I don't want them to think that this is the reason why I want to do it again. Which didn't make sense because we was gonna find out anyway. Right. Well, I guess everybody got their wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that and that's what that's what KD said. Look, everybody got their wish now. So we got people that are committed to the team and everybody got what they wanted. 
But do you think Ben Simmons is going to come in there and make a make a difference where they can postseason wise make noise for Brooklyn? Oh yeah, wild question. To be honest, everything that they did as far as the trade that they received for me, at least in my opinion, I think that they 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 plugged the holes that they needed. Bottom line. The problem with Brooklyn off the bat was they was too offensive. No mm-hmm. one was there on a defensive end where the focus was on defense. Everybody was too offensive. Like, that's one of the reasons why I was, like, not okay with the actual trade with Jared Allen and Karis LeVert for James Harden because I thought that Jared Allen was going to anchor that defense. Right. And when they made the trade, I was like, all right, at least you got DeAndre Jordan. But then when they didn't even play DeAndre Jordan, I'm like, you're going to have to do something. Because Blake Griffin is not going to be that defensive anchor. Of course, he could take charges and stuff like that, but he is not going to contest the shot. So, in doing that, they needed more defensive players. Um, and mm-hmm. they got James Johnson and Dion, um, um, Bembry and some of the more defensive players. Javon um, Carter, for one, who did a good job the previous game, had like 20-something points. I know. You, I, said, baby. I know. But my point was is that he <laughs> stopped. <laughs> my point was is that throughout that point, the Brooklyn Nets was missing a couple of pieces. They missed Joe Harris. They missed that, that three-point shooting. They plugged that in with Seth Curry. Now. They needed a big man that who could rebound. They plugged that in with Andre Drummond. And now you have someone, they need someone that could play elite defense. They have that now in Ben Simmons. They plugged every hole that they could possibly do while keeping Kyrie and KD. The whole thing really hinges on Kyrie Irving because if Kyrie Irving gets eventually plays full time, then we can see what Brooklyn does going forward. And my last statement, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's always going to be a problem with Kyrie. It's always going to yep. be the problem. Yep. And until he gets it together or does what he needs to do or whatever the case may be, two things is going to happen. Either he's going to get vaccinated or New York is going to lift the mandate. The right, now is, the right now is that who, who who crosses that role first? I think you, he, I think you have a better chance of watching New York lift the mandate before you have Kyrie take the shot. And truth be told, they're in the process of making those talks now. <laughs> so and it's if, a possibility, and the, numbers are, and, the, and the numbers are coming down. So it's a possibility that the shit be lifted in New York. And that's where that's what the the the, the hope is. But we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. But like I said, overall, it was too many trades. I thought that, I, again, Dame, I really feel sorry for him. But I hope that he finds a place. And truth be told, I know he said that he doesn't want to leave Portland, but I, I wanted him to find a place where he gives him a good chance to win. And I would not be mad of him leaving if he does. He wouldn't have been the first per, first play, um, NBA star that's saying, I don't want to leave, I want to be here. And then next thing you know it, boop, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. But but curious, how do you feel about Porzingis being in Washington uh, in DC? I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, but no, I'm confused about that trade. I mean, I mean, if you're going to do it, that's well and good. But why trade for Spencer Dinwiddie? Like no, you, you already got you, Luca there. But you were saying that when he was with Brooklyn. Huh? No, it's not about that. No. All right. First things first. Um, Spencer Dimity thing, I really thought that that was going to work with, in Washington. I don't know what happened for the players to not like him 
Mm. I, I wish I was down here to hear exactly what's going on. But for whatever reason, whatever happened, I I, I, I was surprised. So when they was like, yo, we want to get rid of him, I was like, why? But I don't know what's going on as far as the team is concerned. But the trade to Dallas, I'm still like I'm surprised about because why would you need a point guard? You already got Luca at the point. You got Jalen Brunson at the point. Um, what was the purpose of bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie? Who, who needs the commandment the command the ball? Well, Brunson is hurt, from my understanding. But yeah, but eventually he's gonna come back. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna how are you gonna keep? I mean, that's a log jam with dynamic point guards at the point. So how are you going to handle that? Now, if they would have traded Jalen Brunson away or something like that, it would have made more sense. But even if that was the case, Spencer Dinwiddie is a starter now. So what you going to do? Put him back on the on the on the bench? Like, how are you going? How that's how is that going to happen? I'm very curious to see what Dallas does with that pair. Uh, just to, just to let you know, if you got a horse up at ten, we're almost. Yeah, at I know. 10. I'm I'm looking at the clock. All right, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'm with you on that. Um, well, we could talk more about this NBA stuff because I have a feeling that this is just the tip of the iceberg. But we need to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl, and I know that we haven't had a full discussion about NFL and. I know we've been away for a while and everything like that, but I mean, I don't have really have a hard stop at 10, so I could go maybe five, 10 minutes um, more. So I need to get your thoughts on this upcoming Super Bowl and just quite frankly, the NFL as a whole. Uh, we'll talk more about the, the results and everything next week, but just want to get your thoughts about the NFL as a whole. And to be honest, we still also need to talk about this Rooney rule with the black coaches as well, the whole Brian Flores thing too. Um, we definitely need to have that conversation. Um, but that definitely is another episode. It's another episode. So we'll, we'll, actually, we'll save that for next week's episode. I will say this about the NFL. Um, in short, the lawsuit with Brian Flores, and you know, I won't go into great depth about it. We'll say that his civil his civil lawsuit. It's nothing that I don't think anybody was that shocked about or that surprised about. Um, so when it all came out and all the TV networks are talking about, you know, black, you know, you know, head coaches are not being hired. You've been saying this and talking about this stuff for the last 15 years. So to, to make it seem like this is some groundbreaking news and people yelling at the NFL about you should clean your don't cry about it, in my opinion, now when someone drops a lawsuit. Don't cry about it now and make your, try to want to make your quote-unquote voices heard um, at the end of the season when coaches get fired. That same energy that some people had, um, Stephen A. Smith, he didn't have the same energy year-round, all season, you know, all season round. Don't just have it when one person puts out a lawsuit. Have that
I say all of this and I say this one, but Cleveland is this, I'm sorry, Cincinnati has just been so damn lucky every week. And I could easily see that Cincinnati goes in there and just snatches victory away from defeat and just come out and come away with that W. So I say this to say it wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati won, but I would love to see LA get theirs just so they could shut the hell up. They could boost the NFC West up just to say the NFC West is the toughest. But <laughs> well, look, just call it spade a spade. It is what it is. It's the toughest. And uh no 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 argument for me on this <laughs> on this one. None at all. <laughs> but uh Ultimately, I'm looking forward to a good game. I think that uh, Cincinnati should even be here right now. Cincinnati was just so damn lucky the game before, not the not the not the AFC Championship, but the game with the uh, with the Titans, where they where they squeaked out a win. They were just so damn lucky. They all the same Ryan Tannehill. That's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan, that- Ryan Tannehill should be their MVP for the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the pure victor win. And I think LA is probably going to do that. I think they have enough pieces, enough hunger, and enough and enough veterans to understand where they are. Some of that squad was was there when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They got some pieces that were there in other Super Bowls, whereas Cincinnati is just young and the moment might be too big. But then again, the moment hasn't been too big for you know every game that they've been in so far. So, looking forward to a good game, but I hope LA wins. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that. Um, I ain't, I'm not in agreement with you about Cincy being lucky, but I'm in agreement. Nah, they lucky. <laughs> nah, um, but real quick, I, I do want LA to win just for the reasons that you suggest you said as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl. Um, to be honest, I'm 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 very intrigued. It's gonna be one of the warmest Super Bowls that they have. So I'm very intrigued to see how everything plays out. Um there's no excuses here. Um the teams that I've got here, there's no excuses. So they just have one more game to play. So they gotta do their thing. Um but I agree with you, Cincy is the future. Um LA's time is now, to be honest. So we're gonna see how this plays out. I'm very, I'm very interested and very intrigued at the Super Bowl matchup. So do we want to make um picks in the score? Al since you're you're since you're at your palacious penthouse on the in on, on the east side. Um <laughs> I, I'm gonna be real quick. I believe the Rams is going to win by the Rams is gonna win and I'm just Throwing out twenty-eight to twenty-four. I think the Rams will win, but I think the I think the score is going to be a little bit of a wider gap. Cincinnati past couple of games haven't really been able to score touchdowns, but been able to get field goals, but they haven't been able to score touchdowns. So I'm thinking more so 31-18. I'm actually going to split the difference here. I am going to go with the Cincinnati, uh, the Bengals, winning with a walk-off field goal, 
I trust the I trust the front line. I don't trust Matthew Stafford. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. That, right. that he's he's been playing pretty good, but that game is coming. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Can, can I can I give one shout out? Wait, wait, you thinking that hold up, you thinking that Detroit Matthew Stafford is gonna come back in the Super Bowl? It's 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 there, and the Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Bengals have that have that New York Giants smell of mm. they get all the breaks. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Like I said, I, tr- I trust I trust the front four. If they get nine, if they get nine sacks, then I don't know if you're gonna win, but <laughs> but I think a walk off field goal, twenty seven twenty four, Cincinnati Bengals. Even though I would like to see the Rams win. I just want to give a fellow shout out to this right here. This one you thought we was out of it? We not. Ooh. Cincinnati has an offensive lineman by the name of Quentin Spann. WVU O-line. <laughs> I I still say LA is going to win. I was about to say. But, but, but if Cincinnati wins, it's because of this right here. I don't, I, I, I don't know about all that. He needs protection. If he don't got protection from the O-line, what are you going to do? I mean, he won despite of the O-line against mm-hmm. Tennessee. Exactly. <laughs> well, he better block yeah. his ass off because if, you know, if Aaron Donald them boys exactly. get nine sacks, right. exactly. they ain't, ain't going to be that damn lucky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but we could definitely talk more about what happens after the Super Bowl um, next week on the next podcast. Um, but before we go, we let the folks know where they can reach you at. Oh, man, I've been on the block for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Times is rough out here in these streets. When you got a family check, a family pack of chicken wings going for $21, you got to make do what you can make do. But you can also find me on Twitter at uh, Adrian, <laughs> CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. <laughs> wow. I'm still at the same old places, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls, Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls. You can catch guys talking sports on every podcast that's available. Um, we're there. So we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. We'll be back live on YouTube starting next week um, officially. Um, but we would like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love support out there. Uh, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe out there. And we look forward to talking again about sports and everything else that happened on um, on the sports world today. NFL, football, basketball, soccer, ice hockey, Olympics, you name it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Olympics is going on, isn't it? <laughs> we need to talk about yes. that one because ain't nobody watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched five minutes of it last week. <laughs> <laughs> Just start live tweeting. <laughs> do that going forward. But we do appreciate everybody um, checking us out. And and until next time, you guys, God bless. Take care. Have a safe one. Stay safe out there. It is cold out there in the streets. Like he said. (laughs) For now, one. One love, everybody. Be back. One. I need wings.